Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. Awesome show for you today. We have Ryan, the founder of Green Screens. Green Screens is a new way for cannabis brands to advertise where it matters, right in the dispensary. They've seen some awesome growth. They're in Canopy Boulder, the, the accelerator right now. It was recorded live at New West Summit in Oakland. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. I really learned a lot uh, sort of about the branding challenge uh, in the cannabis industry. You're going to like it. Tune in, listen up. Get acquainted. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for being on the show. Really interesting company, New Canopy Boulder Company. We have a particularly interesting connection. Martin, your co-founder, uh, my parents actually stayed with his parents in Aspen over the summer and then introduced us. So that's about the coolest connection I've had to a <laughs> to an interview on this show by far. So pretty, pretty fun stuff there. So, yeah, shout out to my dad with the deal flow, I guess, with the cannabis deal flow. Uh, good stuff. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll get you started on an easy one. What is Green Screens? Well, Green Screens is an in-store display network for retail cannabis dispensaries. We offer a small plug-and-play device about the size of a Snickers bar um, that we send off to dis dispensaries, and it gives them full control of their TV screens and the displays. And so we use uh, product menus and in-store uh, specials and product promotions and product advertising and educational uh, pieces as well uh, and cycle that on a five-minute loop in the dispensaries uh, for the for the customers that are waiting in line for five minutes uh, in Colorado on average. I see. Yeah. It's kind of sort of a tedious process to wait in line. Dispensaries are increasingly busy and that's not going to change anytime soon, particularly in California with the, with the start of the adult use rules. So this is a device that you guys have created or kind of where did the, where did the impetus start? You know, where, where did the, the technology start from? Sure. Um, it's actually another hilarious story, actually. So um, I have a background in hospitality, actually, and was bartending, but I had a, an unfortunate surgery on my feet. So I decided that since I couldn't bartend for three months, I wanted to learn about the cannabis industry. And I started working as a bud tender in uh in Colorado. And that's where I met Martin DeFrance as a bud tender. And because um, I, I couldn't walk, but I could roll joints pretty well. And so that's what you do uh, in there is, <laughs> is, your, is your packaging and your selling. And we had a TV screen that was off every day. And so we said, wait a minute, what if we you know, what if we try a couple things and see if that can help us here at the dispensary with, with certain uh, challenges that we were running into as bud tenders. And so we started to kind of play around with the technology. But um, there's a lot of ways to, to put stuff onto a screen, and, and we hadn't really figured it out until we were introduced to our other co-founder, Jeremy Clammer, who had, uh, he has a technical background and uh, had just started doing this menu board system through these Google, uh, kind of a Google Sheet um, kind of look, and it's uh, incredibly easy, and he had this, uh, you know, started to go to dispensaries as well, and so together, you know, we, we put this team together, and now, you know, that's kind of really where it it, it started and and now uh, it's just going so fast I can't even tell you so um. got it so 15 second messages on a five minute loop and and what's the content like I mean what kind of messages are, are on the on the screens so the messages will will vary mainly between um, you know consumption methods different product lines that are out um, you know uh, 
traveling and regulations, you know, how much can you consume? Um, and also just uh, lifestyle type, um, you know, the me too factor, you know, people on out enjoying, enjoying their day or, or doing some yoga or, or, or ways that they uh, enjoy consuming. And so um, that, that the content will vary based on the, on the brand that, that uh, provides it or what the dispensary really would like for their look, but we're very customizable. So not specifically just products and you should buy this, but more uh, sort of, uh, like you said, lifestyle or, 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 you know, brand value type messaging than, hey, this is available here. Correct? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, we all are, are trying, you know, to, to help this industry um, kind of break through some of that taboo and some of those those issues that have prevented the the federal regulation stuff so um you know we really are focused at messages that not only help the brands um from a, a lift perspective in units but uh of the awareness of, of the industry in general got it cool so take me through the economics a little bit um is, what does it cost for uh, the dispensary and then what does it cost for for brands sure so uh, we've identified a couple different types of dispensary owners. Um, there's dispensary owners that that uh, really are plagued with the challenges of, of operations every day. You know, they have uh, several different uh, monthly recurring revenue issues that they're they're dealing with for marketing and things like that. So we actually give this to them for free. Um, we give them all of the hardware that they need, and we just ask that they put up their TV. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, then we just we run the service for them, and then the brands will will. Uh, purchase space up on that screen for up to a hundred dollars a month um, per screen per location. Got it. And I know you said you you worked in a dispensary before you were a bud tender for a while. How valuable has that been in sort of pursuing dispensary owners and sort of understanding their needs? It's it's absolutely critical. Um, this is a very you know new industry where there's been a lot of people that have been burned in the process of uh, you know different. Um, operational, you know, issues. And, and to be honest, there's a little bit of a wall up, a little bit of a guard up. And so having the uh, experience and, and coming from within the industry um, really strengthens the trust. And, and that's really what it comes down to for us is, is we, we really need dispensaries to trust that we're there to, to help, you know, ensure their customers are there. We're not just trying to put digital, digital billboards into their store. Yeah, I think it's a really important lesson um, for any entrepreneur, not just in the cannabis industry, but maybe especially in the cannabis industry, that you can't just come in and sort of throw down some money or, or decide you're going to do this. I mean, you, you need to learn um, and cool that you kind of came up that way and, and you know, kind of at the, the lowest common denominator, I, uh, I suppose, of the industry and, and learn from the way up. That's that's awesome lesson for anyone, I think. Um, okay, so how many uh, how many dispensaries are you installed in today? Well, um, we actually just uh, got our 29th, and today Martin and Jeremy are out here in California, hopefully landing our 30th dispensary with 80 screens up and running. Wow. Congratulations. And what period of time is that, and when, when did you start installing them? Well, technically, um, we started, you know, I would say our first beta customers about six months, nine months ago or so. And then we teamed up with Jeremy in July, just this past July. Okay. And uh, we've gotten 10 new dispensaries every month since. Wow. And, and what's the sales cycle like? I mean, is it, is it a tough pitch? Or what's some of the, the pushback there? Sure. We have a, a little bit um, 
of an issue from the cold uh, calls in a sense where if you try to go the the route of going into the dispensary meeting the bud tender giving them the information getting the manager going up to the director of ops going to the owner i mean it's going to take you a lifetime and it feels impossible so the warm introductions have been um critical but the life cycle is very quick in fact we can have um we, we can have them up and running in 48 hours Got it. Okay. 48 hours. So like any other business, I suppose, introductions, warm introductions are, are very, very helpful. Um, and then, you know, what do you see from originally from those beta customers? I mean, what, what made you think this is going to work? This is going to be a business. All right. You ready for this one? This one, I almost fell out of my chair. I'm ready. One of our customers, um, had very significant data that they were selling 600 units of this $6 atogram that they were running for a special for several months. They installed our screens, they ran the same special on the screen, and they sold uh, 1600 um, And so basically they made $3,400 in revenue in the first 30, 30 days. And wow. uh, I mean, that, it just blew our minds. I mean, that was yeah. just the f- first 30 days. And uh, we just had a, a, a brand client report back on a 30-day campaign that they ran a 20% lift in their products in those locations. And so, I mean, we are, we're, we don't, <laughs> we don't know what to do with that kind of number stuff. I mean, we really want just more data. So we want to get out there and keep getting more things because it's sure, yeah, great. it's it's just a couple proof points, but certainly significant. That's uh, that's really exciting. And, and what do you attribute that to? Is that just the power of the screen? <laughs> you know, just people <laughs> want to look at TVs. You know, we found that there's a couple things going on. Um, there is a, just a, you know, what people have, have said maybe a, a 19% increase in impulse bias if you can get uh, information there at the point of sale. But because um, it's critical, the timing where, where you're getting the customer, it's right when they're making the decision, you know. And so there's a, it's timing, it's it's the environment, the content that's there, um, you know, but also I think that just in general, um, you know, the bud tenders are, are seeing these things every day over and over again. So it's a great way for them to just be reminded on certain products and things that, that they may be running as an organization. And, um, and they're really, um, you know, they're the gatekeepers. And so you keep them educated, keep them engaged, and you're ultimately going to have a, a more successful uh, um, day of sales, you know? Yeah, I think the marketing for brands in the cannabis industry is fascinating because it's so different uh, than so many other businesses. I mean, most businesses today try to have a big e-commerce portion uh, and they're constantly trying to convert people. Right. You know, through a paid ad or some some uh, some organic content, something like that branding. And in the cannabis industry, like you said, being in the right place at the right time is crucial. Uh, and I wonder, you know, when you talk to investors, when you're starting to talk to, or maybe when you're talking to Canopy, do you have a way to quantify, I mean, how valuable that makes you in relation to a non-cannabis business? If that, if that makes sense, you know, like there's so many fewer options for, for brands. Uh, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, the advertising rules and regulations have, you have to prove that the end demographic is over 21 by 70%. That that means there's no radio, there's no TV, there's no, um, you know, Facebook, there's no Google options. And so you're right. And, and these consumers, you know, you're not going to go, you can't purchase on some of these websites, you know, that, that you can market on. Uh, and so really these brands, you know, need that point of sale uh, option for their for their customer base to, to 
really get to know them. And, and the best is that they're new customers. There's a lot of new customers that will never search the web to look about or research any sort of cannabis brand, you know, because of the, of the stigma and, you know, right. but they will go into the store and they will ask questions. And yeah, they're afraid of Big Brother, basically. Absolutely. Google absolutely. knowing that they like oh. cannabis. Yeah, that's oh. interesting. Something I hadn't thought of uh, as I'm pretty out in my life. But yeah, that's a really good point, too. Uh, the, the comfortability of the customer, we really feel, is is the critical aspect of, of what um, the dispensary experience is about. Because, you know, it's a first impression issue. If you have a tourist or someone that's coming through for the first time and, you know, and they get, um, you know, Joey the stoner who doesn't care and doesn't, you know, that, that's, that's going to be the stereotype that they maintain, you know. But if they go in and they get a, a full retail experience just like they did when they went into, uh, you know, uh, an REI or something, you know then, oh, okay, I, you know, I really, I understand this. I trust this. This is going to be something that's going to help me or uh, uh, I'm going to enjoy this, you know? Yeah. At least in San Francisco, um, they're, they're plastering the buses here uh, with, <laughs> with cannabis branding ads. And I guess if you're a delivery business, that holds some weight. But I always think to myself, well, I'm not in that part of town right now. I'm not going to go to that dispensary. So isn't that branding sort of useless at that point? Um, I'd, I'd love to see some of the ROI on the, on the other things as I'm talking through what you guys, uh, what you guys are seeing. Interesting dilemma. Anyway. Very interesting dilemma. Um, and, and to strengthen the point, though, we understand that it is going to be our ability to show an ROI for these brands so that we can be, you know, the, the right choice for their marketing spend, you know. So we actually have started testing some eye tracking technology and okay. um, that actually will will uh, we have four cameras right now on on uh, screens. It doesn't record anything. It's just, uh, you know, digital mapping and it does male or female if you're happy, neutral or sad and how many impressions and how long they're looking at the screens. Um, and there's they've been uh, they've said around a 90, 91 percent accuracy. So that's been really fun. And that's actually uh, how our brands uh, noticed the lift was they correlated with with those cameras data. So um, that's really exciting. And uh, and, you know, we're really looking forward to develop that out. Very interesting. And then by those eyeballs, those those CPMs, which um, is sort of using a, a term from digital advertising, but uh, that's how you charge people. Right. I mean, that, that's basically how you increase prices over time. The X number of people uh, viewed this. Um, and so you you should be charged this, right? That's basically the way that you see the future or am I absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to, you know, not try to reinvent the wheel here. Um, you know, advertising, digital advertising has some really great models out there and, and, you know, we really want to, to, to jump on with that. Um, so we're excited, uh, but we have a finite amount of spaces. There are 10 spaces per screen. That's it. And so what we are interested in seeing is that will we hit a threshold at some point where it becomes kind of like a bid, you know, kind of like a, you know, well, there's 20 of you that want it. <laughs> you know, here, here you go. Whoever, whoever we're, we're out of it and let the market determine the price. So um, that'd be interesting to see if we go that direction. Yeah. And would you build your own ad exchange or, or there's several out there? I think Adistry is, is for the cannabis industry specifically. But have you thought that far yet? Yep. We actually are already partnered with Adistry and they're wonderful to work with and they make it so easy to uh, for, for brands to see what we offer. So, yeah. Yeah. Megan's rad. Um, cool. So you talked about CPM. Um, 
I have a note here about integrations with POS. Is the idea to be able to get kind of like a CPC metric as well? Like they actually converted? Is, is that kind of in the Absolutely. pipeline? Yeah. Absolutely right. We've started that with uh, two POS integrations and we we're speaking with a third actually coming up. Um, and really what we're interested in is, is not any proprietary information such as margins or you know, information on customers yet from that st standpoint, from the POS, we are interested in pure units. I want to know how many units went out that door of different products at what time. And, and then we're going to use that to run uh, the trends, you know, with some of the eye tracking and see if we can kind of create a full loop for these, uh, for these advertisers to tell a story. Well, that's incredibly exciting. Um, it certainly is a cool space. It makes me wonder if there are others doing this. You guys have any competitors today? Yeah, we, we, we definitely wish that we were the only ones that thought of this, but uh, digital signage has been around since the 80s. <laughs> um, and people have definitely adopted uh, these uh, in the industry. Uh, we've, we've seen about four out there. Um, you, you know, they, they vary from where they place the screens to how long their, their content loops are to what the content is. You know, some are very kind of stoner YouTube and some are very, uh, you know, ESPN-ish and some are, uh, you know, so it's, it's everyone has a different approach, um, which is interesting. Some of our biggest competitor, though, is actually PowerPoint and thumb drives mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and managers who just, who, who, who minored in graphic design and think that they have the, <laughs> you know, the best uh, unbelievable presentation you've ever seen. So, uh, you know, it, that's really what, what our struggle is. And it is a land grab, you know, and, and we're not shy about saying it. Um, it's just uh, because of our team that we've assembled, we just feel uh, and the traction that we're getting um, that we really are, you know, are, are going to be able to scale this. Uh, we are looking to be in 3000 dispensaries by the end of 2020. Wow. Okay. 3,000 dispensaries. Because I was going to say, I've been pitched on uh, these types of businesses, not cannabis related. And, and the pitch is always, you know, we're going to be in every barbershop and every hotel, every institution all over the world. But there is a finite number of dispensaries. So you said 3,000. And give me a, a idea for the scope of the business at that point, the size of the business uh, in, in whatever way you can you can project. Sure. So um, based on, on what we've been able to uh you know from our traction our projections out are that will be about 30 million dollars in revenue in 2020 uh running about a 50 percent ebitda got it okay and uh that was a pretty quick number um obviously you've been doing your uh, your pitches lately that that, that, that <laughs> yeah. rolled off the tongue right there uh, well the reason it is is because i just did this some fascinating research on the digital out of home space and realized that, um, you know, those uh, acquisitions in that sector are actually going uh, pretty actively at 12 and a half times EBITDA. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, you know, th these are some of the numbers that we were looking at just to see about, you know, how viable things were and, and whatnot. And, um, and, and it, it really got us excited because we are, uh, we have the opportunity here to be the uh, leading market share, you know, in this uh, nectar sector in space. Um, and it's very desired right now. Uh, print, print ads are down, digital is up like 10.6% CAGR, I believe. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a great space to be in. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So take me uh, back to the content a little bit. I'm just thinking about, okay, I walk into a dispensary. There's a line. I've got lots of shit to look at. There's people everywhere. I've got my phone. What is on these screens that's so compelling for people? 
the the content it's 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 hard to describe without being in there and feeling the experience um it is it's dynamic it's warm it's kinetic it's uh it's soft but it's very uh diverse in that like certain brands have um certain vibes right and then other brands are explosive with en- with energy and so you get this kind of push pull on the screen and then the, the menu board will pop up and then the the special will so it's almost like it, it takes you through this journey and and by you know by the time the five minutes is done you're at the counter and you already feel like you know everything and it's mm-hmm. great so mm-hmm. it, it it's um you know, it's, it's no different than you scrolling, you know, I call it the scroll hole, you know, on my Instagram or something like that, because I, I just get so sucked in because some of this, you know, uh, <laughs> some of this content is just so captivating. It's, it's how they, how they dynamically, uh, uh change it. So, so give me an example, if you can, I mean, is, is there one brand that you think is doing it really well and, and what is their, uh, you know, their spot look like? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I do have um, Stillwater brands. Actually, Ripple, um, they are running a campaign with us where they have a. It's almost like a static image, and the product is a. Um, it's it, is something that you can pour onto any any food and turn it into your edible, right? So the world mm-hmm. is your edible. It's it's yep. pretty great great product, but um, when it's a static image and. There, there's video of actually it pouring out of the little stick into the, the hot tea and the tea is swirling, but it's a static image. And so it's, it's so cool because you're looking at this TV and it, it looks like there's this hot thing of tea that's on a, on a counter that's right, you know, right on the screen there. And it's, it's swirling and it literally makes my mouth water every single time that I see it. <laughs> and, um, the colors are amazing. And so, you know, people have, um, we're excited to see that lift because people are raving about that now that they've seen it on the screen. So, um, that's really exciting. Yeah. And, and were brands prepared to develop this type of content or, you know, are are there guidelines that you're providing to them or, you know, how do they get started? That's, um, something that we actually are just starting to, uh, to, um, approach. And that is, that brands do have a lot of content from, you know, whether it's a YouTube thing they ran or maybe they threw a party, then they had an edited little thing that they shot up on Facebook. Um, we only are doing the 15 second slots so we can take their B roll or something that they've already used and, and kind of just, you know, adjust it very quickly to, to fit in. If that's the case, if they don't have the content, we have some industry partners here. Uh, uh, one is Monty content. Um, for instance, that would be uh, a wonderful, uh, digital production team and they can help um, design a campaign for, for people as well. Uh, but uh, primarily we, we just kind of help coach what, you know, what, what's the brand want, what, what's your desired outcome. And, and then we can kind of help source whatever that is, but um, it's 16 by nine ratio vertical or horizontal or 15 second clips of video in any format. Totally. Yeah. That, that seems like an area that's going to become increasingly important, um, is just sort of having the wherewithal to make things as compelling, uh, as they need to be. Um, or maybe you can sell them some more outside help to do that as well. That can be another, another line item for you. Um, okay. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about raising money a little bit. Um, you're in canopy Boulder currently, which is always exciting. I love incubators, uh, but it always begs the question. You've got an exciting new business with lots of traction why an incubator why do you need canopy 
Um, well, you know, the accelerated program, I never thought would be something for me. You know, I, I just thought, that, you know, that the timeline and everything. And, and I, I had a little bit of an ego uh, initially as an entrepreneur. But, you know, um, once we got accepted, it is so apparent about the, you know, mentorship and the networking and the, you know, they push you, uh, but they don't, but they don't hold your hand. <laughs> you know, the, the, you have to do the work, you know. But, but the guidance and the experience is absolutely um, priceless. I, I mean, I have an MBA, and, and I'll tell you what, I've learned more in 11 weeks through this program than I have ever, ever learned in an institution. And it's amazing because you're out there doing it. Yeah. Well, that may say something about MBAs, but that's a that's a discussion for another time, I suppose. Uh, uh, I, I, yeah. do, I do. I do. Uh, I do support, you know, higher education and all, but, but you know. <laughs> get out there and do it. <laughs> but like in the cannabis industry, sure, there's a lot of skills uh, that translate to any business. Um, but are there, I mean, with the exception of like Oaksterdam, you know, it, you can't really go get an MBA in the cannabis industry, um, as far as I know any, anyway. Um, so yeah, you kind of have to do it by doing it. You have to learn by doing it, right? Um, but but that's, uh, I guess that's a conversation for a different time. Okay, so you came in to Canopy. Um, and the experience has been great. You guys are doing your round of pitches right now. Uh, I know you're out in California uh, with New West Summit. Um, what's next? You know, when the when the uh, program's over, where do you look to next? I assume raising more money. Uh, yep. So we just we really just want to get out and and you know keep getting more dispensaries. Really, you know. And so we actually are. You know, our traction is our 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 favorite thing to be going after right now. Um, and we're going to be in Vegas at the MJ BizCon. Actually, we have a booth out there. And cool. so really trying to be present and being uh, active in the networking um, spaces and events and things like that. You know, um, I just, I think we'll be able to, to really uh, make a splash here in the next, in the next year. Um, you know, if, if anyone wants to learn more about the business, you know, they absolutely can, can, can reach out, but, um, but really getting the traction and the, um, you know, uh, the dispensaries is the, is the focus, uh, for, for right now with, with the events and the trade shows. So you are actively raising money or, or not yet? Uh, um, we are, we are definitely operating, um, you know, and, and actively, uh, you know, g gaining the dispensaries. Cool. Makes sense. Um, all right. How focused are you on California? Um, we have a big, big uh, kind of milestone upcoming in January with adult use, although that has been significantly delayed by regulations and things like that. But how focused are you on the California market as opposed to Colorado where, where you're based? Well, uh, to be to be honest, we are just breaking into these markets. We are kind of learning a little bit about the culture of the different states and, and how people are consuming and where they're consuming. Um, we do have some concerns about the regulatory environment, so we're we're definitely keeping that in, uh, in you know in the front of our. We we watched it, we we watched this happen in Colorado. You know, we're three years deep in Colorado. We do know what's coming, and it's going to be a little bit messy you know which is okay we're going to get through that but um i think our focus is really just you know understanding the market and and slowly uh coming out and and breaking into these i i we're we're not going to come out and and let's say a, attack like a land grab in, in some of these states that are just emerging um we are going to focus on uh you know there's 
700 dispensaries in Colorado alone, <laughs> you know, so, so we have some room and, and it's a very stable environment for us to really grow, uh, you know, to, to really kind of define our, uh, our system. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. 700 is a, is a lot. That certainly will take you some time. Um, I just wonder if, you know, how concerned are you about others breaking into California or Washington, et cetera? I mean, you said there's no land grab, but there certainly has to be some kind of urgency there. Oh. There is. And, and uh, you know, I, in fact, I even, uh, you know, made myself a little bit nauseous when I was saying that out loud because I'm like, wait, <laughs> of course I should be doing that, right? Um, but uh Honestly, it, it, there there's enough space for all of us, you know, and so everyone's going to really find their niche and do their things. And honestly, there will be a roll up in this sector at some point, um, you know, I'd say in the next three years. Uh, so so really, those territories are, you know, we they're desired. But um, really, we have to look at the economics from the business. You know, is this cost effective to be spending marketing dollars, spending sales dollars, hardware dollars in these markets that we don't know if they're going to last? We don't know if a dispensary is going to be shut down. We don't yep. know if, the, you know, and that's going to be, uh, that can be challenging. And and for some of these screen companies that are actually in um, or have huge reaches in California currently, January 1 might change the entire ballgame. And they may, they may end up losing several clients just due to, to compliance. Um, and so we're interested to see how that plays out as well. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, well, that's a that's exciting times, man. Congratulations on the early growth. Um, I just kind of like to shift gears here a little bit. I like to connect the uh, the work that you do during the day with sort of just what kind of consumer you are. So, um, you know, when when you get home after a long day of green screening, um, what do you like to consume? Are you a flowers guy? Concentrate? What what are you into? So um, I am definitely a flower guy. I am traditional. I like smoking out of uh, the glass pipes, um, you know, spoons and, and things like that. But uh, I've been slowly kind of uh, learning a little bit more about uh, the concentrates and the um, entourage effect. But to be honest, I start my day, a green screens day, <laughs> um, with usually something like a... Uh, like a like a Girl Scout cookie or something like that, um, because I just I love that uh, I love that strain. For some reason, it just it hits me. I'm super productive, able to uh, to really focus and get my my stuff done, especially with emails. And then at night, I'm a heavy indica guy, you know. Um, so I really like those like uh, headbands or or Bruce banners or you know things that <laughs> that are gonna put me put me down. And and I love listening to music and and chilling and and really just. Um, you know, but the dabs are, <laughs> the dabs are really crazy. That's it. It's almost like taking shots or having a beer. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the way I see it too. I mean, I'll do a, a dab or some concentrates like once a week or so. Um, I have a vape exhale. I like to use that a lot, but normally I'm a, I'm team flowers as well. Um, it sort of hits me the right way. I commend you for admitting that you smoke in the morning. There's a lot of founders on this show that I know do and choose to say that they only do it after 5 PM. I guess that's for money raising purposes, but I'll leave that one alone. Uh, <laughs> um, well, Ryan, it's been really awesome having you on the show. Uh, really exciting company, and thank you for sharing it with us. Um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, if they want to get started, either a dispensary or a brand, how should they do that? Absolutely. Please um, check us out. We are www.gscreens.com. Uh, my number is 802-318-1094 or ryan at gscreens.com. So any of those, anytime, love to chat about it. Good stuff, Ryan. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Brandon, thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.